Welcome, everyone, to the Farm CPA podcast presented by Top Producer. I am Paul Nefer, your host. And today we're joined by Kyle McEwen from sort of West Central Michigan. I think you're pretty close to Grand Rapids. Is that right, Kyle? Yeah, that's correct, Paul, just south of there. I'm, I'm guessing you're probably, what, in the middle of harvest or, you know, Michigan typically, I think, does it start a little later than maybe like an Iowa or an Illinois or or sort of before we go into your background and all that good stuff, let's let's figure out what what harvest is looking like right now. Sure. Yeah, we're so we're about halfway done with our soybeans. Um, we haven't dove into corn yet. Part of that's just a construction project that's that's lingering. Um, I'm sure you've got a lot of listeners that are probably in that same boat, but we're feeling pretty good. We had a really wet October last year and things drug out longer than normal, but we're we're moving in the right direction for sure. How's how's the yields been so far on the soybeans? Well, I I don't know if we're unique in that, that we might not ever be happy. Um, we're probably <laughs> averaging in that 58 range. Oh. And um, so we, we farm all blow sand, but it's irrigated. Um, and we just don't get quite the response out of the beans that we do uh, on the corn side. Yeah. So, well, you, believe me, Kyle, you're not unique. Every every farmer I know uh, complains about not having good enough yields. So I, I, I know <laughs> that. But uh, so then over on your corn side, like you say, which is very, very similar to out here in the Pacific Northwest, where we have a lot of um, sand, but we irrigate the corn. And I think I, I think. Uh, USDA came out with an average yield for our state this year of 240. Now we'll have certain counties like the county I happen to be in today, Walla County, that the county average will push 280, maybe 290. But, you know, we don't grow that much corn and it's all irrigated. So is that very similar for you with that nice corn? I mean, with the nice sand ground, plus you get warm days, but the nights cool down. Is is that uh, what causes your corn yields to be pretty good? Yeah, so I think last year our corn, our irrigated stuff averaged just under 250. And our non-irrigated corn, I mean, it would probably go 130. So it it makes a huge difference. It it does. That's that's when irrigation definitely pays off. So, uh, uh, and, and that's a nice, that's the only nice thing maybe about sand and corn is if you can pour the water on it, corn will respond. We see it. Yep. Well, let's go ahead and start with your your background. Now, for the audience out there, what's a little bit unique about Kyle, and I'll let him go into all of his background, is that he's a full-time CPA, but he also farms a fair amount. So, uh, Kyle, go ahead and, and start off uh, uh, with your background. I appreciate that, Paul. So, yeah, I'm a fourth-generation farmer, uh, farm with my three brothers and my dad. Um, we were around 1,300 acres. Um, I think probably the thing that's unique about my family business is my parents from early on told us, this is not going to be your guys' full-time gig. Yeah. Um, and that that really stemmed from my dad's parents. They had a big heart-to-heart with him in the late 70s and just said, Scott, this has been really hard for us. Um, 
you, you've got a great thing going with, um, he was at Western Michigan uh, getting an accounting degree at the time. And so they really encouraged him to, to see if he could uh, pursue his business career and um, farm on the side. And at times it's, a, it's an awful busy taxing hobby, but I really think it's afforded my family you know, the ability to one, grow our operation, um, but also just have a, a lifestyle than, um, that my grandparents missed out on. Um, so that's the farm side of it. I'm, I'm super fortunate right in our little town. Uh, we have a firm that my parents started. Um, they were both CPAs. My dad retired two years ago. And um, right now there's 17 of us. My youngest brother, Mike, is my partner here. And um, same thing at the accounting firm. My dad uh, required us to go work elsewhere. So I did my internships and worked a couple years at a big four firm. Uh, Michael worked for another large national firm for five years uh, before we uh, came back here, you know, started our life's work. Um, you know, we really we, we really work with a lot of ag. Probably a third of our clients are in the ag arena and the vast majority of the rest of them are are, are other blue collar construction, excavating, uh, manufacturing clients. Yeah, yeah. The, so, the typical sort of rural uh, clientele that you might have. You know, absolutely. You, you sound a little bit similar to my background in a way, although I, I, I didn't have the farming. I have the farming now, but I didn't have the farming you know, between graduating from college and uh, until a couple of years ago. But my dad had an eighth grade education, was born in the Dakotas in 1912, actually hopped on a freight train in 1935, rode that train all the way out to Ellensburg, Washington, got off the train, uh, with about $5 to his name. And then he actually hitchhiked down into the Southern Idaho down toward uh, Twin Falls and ended up homesteading on 160 acres there. And then when the project up in the Columbia Basin opened up, he decided to sell the ground down there and go open up 160 acres up on Columbia Basin. But you know, when he married my mother and ended up moving down to Walla Walla, which is where I grew up, um, when I was getting like you, I was, or like your dad, I was in college. I was having a, I definitely was going to become an accountant, a CPA. And my dad having that eighth grade education, having, you know, and they were fairly successful, but just, you know, it was hard work. And he said, Hey, I'd much rather have you be a CPA than a farmer. And uh, so that's, that's why I ended up sort of, you know, going that, or that was one of the key reasons why I went that direction and then my also my wife at that point in time it was sort of funny I, i'd asked her before we got married i go do you want to be the wife of a farmer or do you want to be the wife of a cpa and she goes there's no way i want to be the wife of a farmer <laughs> so that might have kicked it uh, you know that might have been the final nail there so to speak so uh, yeah uh, it's just it, you know sometimes you know it's just little things like that that nudges you one way or another yeah no i'm i'm it, it, it's interesting how our our uh, we've known each other for probably ten years now, and just the stories, the way they kind of line up, and you know, it's really the relationships that uh, 
like like you and I have formed that we have with yeah. our clients, then yep. you know, or they're just interesting, you know. And my my wife is 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 so good to to me and my my family, and um, we've we've got three little kids right now, and it, it's just I'm beyond blessed to be able to you know share this legacy. Um, it's very much who I am, but um, you know also have this. Uh, this this business where we serve a lot of people from the from the same background. Yeah. Now, I I you're primarily a tax guy, just like me, and we know that during March, April through April fifteenth, that can get very very busy. But that's also I think probably when you're doing spring work. So how have you guys been able to juggle that? Yeah, so I have three brothers. Um, two of them are not uh, CPAs. Uh, one's an ER doc. His schedule, um, you know, he'll he'll be on for two weeks and then get a week off. Um, so that opens up. Of course, my dad being retired from the CPA firm, he's, you know, working just as much as he ever has, just being paid a little bit less. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, my older brother, Brian's a dentist, and he's he's really, you know, made it work with his schedule to take a lot of um, Fridays and then Thursdays off as well during busy times and get some part-time help. And, you know, really, we try not to overdo it here, even even in our tax season. So the last couple tax seasons have been unique. Yeah. Um, we're really trying to work towards this goal of like a 50, 55 hour work week, even in busy season. Um, so the, 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 the weeks are tough sometimes, but, but yeah, we, we make it work and try to make both, both of my lives. We try to make it fun um, to, to spread it out. Now, is your dad still sort of in charge of the farm operation, or is it more of a joint effort among the five of you? Or, or I think sometimes you still need somebody that's in charge. I'm sort of curious how how that's working out. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, we try to get together, make big decisions um, as a group. Um, we're not that much different than. You know the clients that I serve. Um, we all kind of have our lanes. You know, I deal a lot on the business side of it and do stuff with the marketing. Um, where my my science-minded brothers are a lot more, you know, into the agronomy yeah. and you know crop, crop protection side of it. So we just kind of try to make it work, and then um, you know overly communicate in order to you know keep the ball rolling and make sure we don't. Uh, have too many surprises that pop up but they happen you know is the you know i'm i'm sure you guys have had this uh uh discussion as far as transition from your dad to the brothers as far as ownership is that something that you think that's going to happen during lifetime or is it actually probably likely going to happen after he and it, maybe he and his wife pass away how how do you how do you think that succession of the of the land side will work and then also maybe on the farm side so those would be two separate questions yeah no good questions so we've got a lot of cpas involved so there's probably <laughs> more uh, llc's and and um entities than what we need but dad 
really wanted us to form our own entity. So the four of us have an operating company. Um, we, we, we farm our own ground. The, the new property that we've purchased primarily over the next, the last 15 years, um, we've, we've bought it. So we do, you know, separate FSA registrations. Um, we, we have equipment somewhat separated. There, there are a few items of equipment that we own, you know, in, uh, as a portion of, um, but we've really just tried to start our own thing. So dad has always farmed as a sole proprietor. Um, yep. I think he'll, you know, continue to do that at least for another several years. Um, I, I, I think then at some point in time, it'll transition over to where uh, he won't run the operating side and will lease the ground from mom and dad um, with the entity that we've we've already formed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think, uh, like I say, I think uh, if, uh, if I mentally counted correctly, you have four CPAs in the family, mom and dad and you and your brothers. So uh, that, that could get really dangerous with entities. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, now, um, your little brother is, well, and I say little, I mean, you're all adults now, but the little brother, so he stayed away for five years and you stayed away for two years before you came back. Did your dad have a or mom and dad have a firm policy that you had to be away a minimum number of years or or how was that structured for you guys um no it wasn't it wasn't a specific timeline um my frankly my internship went great and where i was working full full time was not as rewarding um my mom had a little bout with breast cancer she's doing great um but it was kind of at that time where she was going to have to miss out on a tax season where it, it, it fell in nicely for me to come in. So I definitely came in um, a little bit earlier than what I probably anticipated, but uh, it, it all worked out. It's, it's kind of what I needed at the time. And I think uh, the firm wise, it, it worked out good, good for the firm to kind of start that succession. I mean, we're, we're a really young firm now. But at that point in time, um, we were more, a little bit more gray hair around the office, I guess. <laughs> Sometimes it's good to have that gray hair. So, uh, but uh, now you, you and your brothers are the fourth generation in farming. Do you think that there will be a fifth generation? And if so, how many kids is that going to be spread over? Yeah, so there's 12 of them. Um, <laughs> I have three. Um, we're all we're all shooting for that Paul uh, they're they're all um pretty little right now the oldest yeah. is 12 um so their involvement in it is you know very much the way ours started you know just fun hanging out with our grandpa and siblings and cousins um so, so you know we're we, we're working towards that I'm sure there's going to be a lot of you know, structural and conversation things of how that looks for the future. Um, but, you know, I think we're far enough out of town for now that I, I don't see, you know, any big changes. And, you know, frankly, I think then, you know, I want to run my 
professional life in a way that I'm not really counting on, you know, having to get much retirement out of the the farm in order yep. to, to 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 require a big change. Is um you know you're at about I think you said 1,300 acres. You know, with that many people, that's like you say that's sort of why you need to have off-farm income. Is there plans on expansion down the road, or is it just really depend on what what comes your way? Or I, I'm just curious what your discussions on that have been. Yeah, we're not very aggressive with it. Um, I think part of that is we've all got really young kids and they're recognizing that there's a lot of soccer games and, and yeah. track meets that we want to make sure that we make it to. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, as it comes along, we'll look at it. It's a, you know, the land is really competitive around here. There's a, there's a lot of big dairies and the development has, has crept back into things when the economy's good. Now, I think that that's definitely slowing down. Yeah. Um, and so that might, the, the, the new housing might slow down a bit, but um, I think we'll kind of look at the opportunities as they come and the neighbors and the, the community members that we know and, and yeah, we'll, we'll see where the McEwens fall into the fold with that. Yeah, I, I was talking to somebody, I think it was yesterday, day before, and they mentioned, you know, some sale in Plymouth County, Iowa set a new record for Iowa at 26 or 27,000. I know Michigan isn't that high, but what would you have to pay for good ground in your area? Yeah, I think you're going to be around that 10 all day long. Yeah. Um, you know, there's these things, they there's different things that come into play. There's a lot of variability in the quality of the soil around us. And, you know, from, from my professional side, I've just seen a lot of situations where there's, there's, you know, long relationships with landlords where sometimes that comes into play with pricing. Um, but, you know, if, if things go up into the, the, the auction block, I think that you're going to be looking in that, 10 to to the teens in, in this mm -hmm. environment yeah what um now you said you're south of grand rapids but how far to the west would you go before you really start hitting all the blueberry ground or are you in that pocket too um you probably got to get another half an hour to the west okay. before okay. we get into that i don't have any clients um that that have blueberries that's that's a different uh, that's a different set of farming circ uh, yeah. situation compared to corn and soybeans. That's for sure. Kids are young. You you, you definitely are striving for that work life balance. Like you say, you got soccer games and basketball games and baseball or whatever it is. I was talking to somebody yesterday that their kids are really into BM bike, uh, uh, BMX biking, and they go all over the country on on competitive. They're fairly competitive in that. Uh, is is but I think are your kids sort of like me or probably you when you were growing up that one of their favorite times was either being on the combine or on the tractor with either dad or grandpa or whoever it might be? Yeah, they just, they love it. Um, mine are seven, five, and three right now. So they're not, um, they, put, they play like the local little soccer league. 
Yeah. Um, my brothers and I all wrestled. We our, our school had a good wrestling tradition when we were in high school. So I'm looking forward to that, but that's a very time consuming thing too. Yeah. So I kind of want them to hold out until they're a little bit older. Not that they don't get a ton of wrestling in at home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, amongst one another. Yeah. But they, they love the farm. They love to get into it and help out with projects and um it's it's great to see i mean it's been a big influence on my life just the way that the farm teaches you to approach work as something that is is really a good thing um i think our society needs a little bit more of that frankly yeah um, to just know that you know you roll up your sleeves and you know sometimes you're breaking stuff and it's frustrating but you know you keep moving forward and good things happen for that it's not always about that destination uh, your your life is a journey yep. you certainly learned that growing up on a farm yeah well you know speaking of that i know in our firm if if we can hire somebody that grew up on a farm that will push me toward the direction of hiring versus not hiring so because you know they know that hey you got to get the work done you know so uh, uh although as we get fewer and fewer farm families out there that's the, it's getting harder to find those sure yeah how about in your firm what are is is your mix of mostly city kids or is there some rural kids in there i mean you got 17 uh people in there i'm just curious what your mix of 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 staff is yeah we we have a pretty good i i guess i'd say rural in that a lot of them are from you know either from middleville or small towns like ours um we don't have any kids that were like full-time farm kids at, at this at this point um and and also um not a lot of them that are from that are from like metro detroit um to where the community as a whole is kind of like a new experience for them yeah yeah. So small yeah. small town, like you know, small town people. Yeah, no, just that's, like us. That's in my opinion, that's the backbone of America. Although there's many people that disagree, and that'll be a conversation for another day. So sure. now I always like to, you know, as we get closer to the ending of the of the podcast here, I always like to ask, um, what keeps you up at night? Is there something that uh, that you ponder on or that keeps you up at night? Yeah, I mean, and, and maybe it's the, the times, but that's probably it right now. It's just, you know, the the leadership of our of our society. You know, I think that that starts, you know, at home. home and, and um, you know, we need it in classrooms and in churches. Um, I've had a number of, you know, really good mentors. Uh, I consider you one of them, Paul, but and <laughs> just, you know, they've come into my life and they have these attributes that I, you know, aspire to, to um, lean into and to, and to, and to be more like, and, um, you know, I think when that's been, a, it's been a stressful season and, um, you know, just looking for people to grow up and to be better leaders. That's probably what gets me stressed out the most these days. And then uh, my last question I ask is, uh, what's your definition of success in farming? Yeah, so continue to just try to have fun with it and, and remember that 
it's a legacy. Um, Monday night, I, I missed dinner, unfortunately, but I came home and my wife said that Gray, our middle son, uh, his prayer was that we um, to thank God for, for that we're fortunate and that um, he wishes that those that are less fortunate than us can become it. And I think if I can keep raising these kids with that mindset, I'll look back at the end of my days with with uh, with the mindset that I I had great great success. Okay. Now that's 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 a good definition. So again, Kyle. For you and I both, today is our last day of, well, technically, I guess our last day of extended tax returns is on Monday because that's the 17th and the 15th is tomorrow is Saturday. I'm actually getting ready to fly uh, out of the, out. I'm flying out to, where am I flying to? San Antonio tomorrow, and I don't get home until the day after Thanksgiving. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, although for the people that are listening, I have laundry along the way, you know, that that part's covered <laughs> and part of it is Thanksgiving with my wife and kids. So it's it's not it's not quite all work, but I think I'm on I think I'm on 17 different plane flights or something. So it, it's a little bit of travel. But uh, again, thank you for taking time out of your day today to have the conversation with us. Anything else you'd like to add? Not much, Paul. I appreciate it um, to, to the help that you give me and my firm. Um, it's, 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 it's nice to have, uh, friendly competitors like yourself. <laughs> well, uh, that's, that's the key. I underline the word friendly and don't worry about the competitor part. So sure, sure. again, thank you very much, Kyle. This is the farm CPA podcast presented by top producer. This is Paul Nee for your host signing off. Get timely updates about taxation, accounting, succession planning, and other issues that are unique to farmers and agribusiness processors. Find out about major agribusiness events and how to comply with new laws that affect your business. Subscribe to Farm CPA at blogs.claconnect.com forward slash agribusiness and experience the CLA promise. blogs.claconnect.com forward slash agribusiness.